This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to a special Saturday edition of Coffee House Shots. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Katie Balls and John Curtis. Today we're going to have a look ahead to the May local elections. We've got John Curtis here with us, who is a pollster, and Katie to give us the rundown of the politics behind the local elections coming up. Katie, politically, what would be a good result for Rishi Sunak? So I think if you just look at what the Tories are saying publicly in various broadcast runs, um, and you take that number, so that is Greg Hans repeatedly saying, we're going to lose over a thousand seats, um, look at all these polls, and then you think, well, if they're saying that, they probably think it's going to be a bit less than that. So I think below a thousand, I think this is ultimately a local election, which is a damage limitation exercise for the Tory party. I think they think that it's fairly priced in, or at least the hope in Downing Street and beyond is that it's fairly priced in, that the party is going to have a difficult night. As John has written and, and said many times, the point that we are coming from in these local elections is um, when Theresa May was at, at a very low ebb, and therefore... That could actually help the Tories in some ways. Now, uh, again, anything you hear in the broadcast tends to be heavy expectation management. So so I think they'll be looking for a few stories on the night to suggest things aren't quite as bad as they seem. And you can tell how Labour and the Tories are in different places on this in the sense that the Tories are almost at least on a on a central government level, not really drawing much attention at all to the local elections. We have seen Rishi Sunak looking at potholes. We are getting, you know, there is lots of campaigning going on, but this is not something where they want to talk about the local election campaign too much. And I think they hope King Charles will move the agenda on swiftly for them with the coronation. Whereas Labour are doing a lot more. So on the day of the local elections launch, I don't think the Tories had any national media at their local elections launch. Whereas Labour on the flip side are are talking a lot about how they're trying different tactics. This is a dry run for the general election. And Labour want to make enough progress. And they're also doing expectation management saying it could be really tough for us the Tories could make gains um, but they they will be wanting to show that they have enough in the way of gains to, to suggest they've got this big momentum and they're heading towards a majority so so I think the Tories were trying to say they've not done Labour have not done as well as they should be doing given the circumstances and of course Labour were trying to uh, you know paint this idea of unstoppable momentum and I think one thing to look out for which I think uh when the Tories are trying to spin this, is can they, I think that what they would like to do is to suggest that Keir Starmer is nowhere near where Tony Blair was ahead of 97. So you might see some uh, comparisons of looking what happened in 1996 in the collections before the general and and. If, if the Tories are talking about it, that means that uh, they think it shows that there is not the momentum there. John, on the evening of May the 4th, what are going to be some of the key marginal seats that you'll be interested in? Well, the honest truth is, is that because the Conservatives are defending a relatively, well, relatively, a very poor baseline. I mean, the the local election results in 2019 were the worst results uh, for the party in nearly a quarter of a century. Indeed, you have to go back to Tony Blair before the Conservatives did so badly. But the number of councils that are likely to change hands is actually quite limited. I mean, one can pick out a few places that Labour 
would certainly hope to pick up Swindon where they started off their campaign. Plymouth, although it's quite a long shot. Cheshire West and Cheshire, again, another substantial council. But you have to remember that most of these elections, you know, 5,000 of the 8,000 seats are actually being contested in Shire district councils, for the most part in relatively rural England, and in many of which places the Labour Party does not register as a significant political force. And that, together with the fact that in the more urban parts of England, often the council is a one-third election more than a whole council election, this pretty severely limits the likelihood that the Labour Party will pick up gains. That said, Katie's put her finger on the crucial question to ask about these elections, which is whether or not the Labour Party put in the kind of performance that suggests that they are beginning to emulate the kind of success that Tony Blair enjoyed in the collections before 1997 and indeed David Cameron enjoyed before 2010. You're not going to get the answer to that question, frankly, by looking at gains and losses, you know, not least because the Conservatives are uh, starting from such a poor baseline. You're only going to get that eventually by looking at the votes. Now, one of the things that we will do at the BBC is to take the results from the councils, which are essentially contested on party lines, and use that to try and come up with what we call the projected national share, which is an estimate of how well the parties would have done if voters across the across Britain had voted in the way that voters in England have done so in the local ballot boxes. It's slightly complicated, but it gives you a consistent measure from local election to local election. There is a very, very clear target for Labour here on that measure, which is basically certainly to demonstrate that they do better than in any set of local elections since 2010. Their best one still so far is 2012, when they were around seven or eight points ahead of the Conservatives on that measure. And that was something they failed to do last year. And and actually, to get themselves at least to a point where they have a double-digit lead uh, on this measure. That was what David Cameron was achieving. That's what Tony Blair was achieving. If they achieve that, it won't prove that the Labour Party is going to win the next election. But it will indicate that in line with the evidence of the opinion polls, that the Labour Party uh, is now more popular with the voters than it has been at any point since Gordon Brown exited uh, 10 Downing Street. So to be honest, that is for me, in the end, the crucial measure. There is, by the way, we should also then bear in mind, of course, the other thing about local elections is that the Liberal Democrats do better in local elections than they do in, in national elections. And in particular, in the places where the uh, the more sh- the shire districts where the conservatives are defending a lot of the seats it is as i've already said it's not labor that's the challenger but it is often the liberal democrats now whereas the conservatives are defending a poor baseline and indeed labor are defending a relatively poor result uh, back in 2019 the liberal democrats are defending a high point it's one of their better uh, performances in local elections uh, since 2010 And therefore, given that the Liberal Democrats, frankly, are in no better position in the polls now than they were either last year or four years ago, it is not obvious that the Liberal Democrats are going to make that much progress. And given that the Conservatives should at least not do any worse in terms of vote share than they did in 2019, 
Actually, in terms of uh, transfers between the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives, uh, the seat changes, the council changes could be quite minimal. Again, that's another reason why the Conservative losses in terms of seats, even though, yes, they're vulnerable to Labour because Labour are more popular now than they were four years ago, you know, are not necessarily going to be of a gigant gigantuan size, simply because when it comes to that challenge from the Liberal Democrats, actually, the Conservatives may find themselves in a relatively comfortable position. So in the end, I would say, don't look at the seats, look at the votes. That's where you're really going to get the message out of these local elections. And Katie, what about some of the other smaller political parties? I mean, I know you said on Spectator TV yesterday that some of the younger people in Labour might be moving to the Greens or might be disillusioned with Labour now that it's a more centrist party. Where do you think um, these smaller parties could fall? I think there's obviously a difference in terms of turnout in a local election or a general election. And I think that if you're thinking about some of these, and I, I don't want to um, insult a demographic, but the, the groups I'm thinking of are, you know, if you think about the younger left-leaning supporters who joined the Labour Party under Jeremy Corbyn, they're often the ones, you know, people say, oh, young people don't vote and so forth. You also have voter ID in these local elections. And and therefore, I'm not sure we're going to get that taste of, you know, are young people turning off Keir Starmer in, in the local elections? I think on, on that point, which you mentioned, it's more... In a week where, obviously, in the Spectator cover, I've written about Labour's elections, you had Emma Dent Cohen, former Labour MP, quitting the party. You, you do wonder if there comes a point when, uh, you know, if, if Keir Starmer stays on the current track he is, which is focusing very much on the red wall, uh, and so that you could actually push some of these voters to other parties. But I, I'm not sure if that's what we're going to see next week. I wonder, John, if I could ask you, uh, ahead of all our local election coverage, where do you think the Tories are likely to kind of have the, uh, potentially have a few su- surprise, I say, in inverted commas, success stories? Because there's a lot about how perhaps in, in the areas in the North and Midlands, they'll do a bit better than in the South, which could help Rishi Sunak with this... Um, perception that the red wall is is not where he has particular appeal well you know to be honest given how poor the conservative position in the polls i think picking up very much is going to be quite limited uh, you know that said there are one or two places like uttlesford where there are um you know the, the battle is often between the conservatives and independents rather than necessarily between conservative and labor where you know perhaps they will they will manage to pick something up. So there there, there are all there are always one or two surprises that were going that go against the broad narrative. But to be honest, you know, in terms of awkward headlines for the Conservatives, the one that I will be looking at is Dover. Dover, in terms of the numbers, it's a whole council election, so all the seats are up for grabs. It doesn't take that much of a swing, not for the for the Tories to lose overall control. Now Losing it wouldn't necessarily indicate any particular difficulties so far as the immigration issue is concerned. But in terms of optics, it would be somewhat disappointing. So that's probably the one that, above all, they, they would wish to avoid. But I mean, otherwise, yes, the, you know, there, there's always going to be some or other that's kind of slightly um, out of line. But it, again, you know, the, I'm not expecting a very large number of conservative losses of control. Again, because, as I said, because the Liberal Democrats matter. Uh, because of Labour's weakness in a lot of these district councils. Uh, again, I'm not looking at a large number of councils that the Conservatives are likely to lose control. And again, equally, you know, although Liberal Democrats may not pick much up, a lot of the councils that they're defending, they're pretty well entrenched. 
There's very little that's that, that looks that marginal in terms of the councils they're trying to control. Now, again, sometimes, you know, local issues matter and, you know, something gets lost. So while the Liberal Democrats may not gain very, lose very much, and they may, they may not gain very much, again, I'm not sure there's very much in the way of pickings there for the Conservatives. Yeah, it's interesting, um, the point about Dover, because um, in this piece I was writing on Labour candidates for the magazine this week, I mentioned Mike Tapp. Who is the Labour candidate uh, for Dover and Deal for, um, and which is one that I think they're very keen to take. And they've gone for a former soldier and GB News contributor who joined the military intelligence corps at the age of 20 and has served in Iraq and Afghanistan and then moved to the National Crime Agency. So, so I think it's someone where, uh, when you're thinking, obviously it doesn't completely correspond to small boats, but the sense that they are picking candidates for particular areas to try and bring in that tough law and order sense. And and of course, if you did have a, a bad showing for the Tories there, it would add to this sense that uh, this is, you know, game ground when it comes to the general election. And I think the thing to bear in mind when it comes to these local elections is obviously the results can be read in various ways and they stop and come in. But they do set the narrative. If you think to the 2021 local elections with the Hartlepool by-election, you had a situation where Keir Starmer's party lost that by-election at the same time as the locals. And the way the results came in, I think it looked a bit worse for Labour at the early... It was still pretty bad. They were still well behind the Tories, which you should not be as an opposition party. (laughs) But But I think it looked particularly bad, I think, for Labour a bit earlier in the night. And... Keir Starmer then found himself in a position of weakness where he decided to try and move their agenda on by having this reshuffle of his shadow cabinet. And and I think, I I agree with you, John, but I think there was a point that it was almost before all the results were even in, he started embarking on the shadow cabinet reshuffle. (laughs) And it created this sense of slight panic on the Labour side. Yeah, sure. And and, and Labour's position in the polls fell away quite markedly after those local elections. Difficult to remember now. But, you know, we were back in an era where the Conservatives had a comfortable lead in the opinion polls. Yeah, and all of a sudden Angela Rayner refuses to move in the shadow cabinet reshuffle. So it's the most long, painful shadow cabinet reshuffle. No one knows where it's going to end. And therefore, how, how these are spun and how these play out um, will be quite important for just setting the mood on Westminster in the sense, does Rishi Sunak uh, manage to keep that narrative that he is slowly chipping away at the Labour lead and you know keep up the sense of refreshing or does it feel like it's knocking him back of course, is at the moment it crystallises for a lot of Tory MPs that the polls are actually still quite bad for them and on the Labour side it can Kirstama keep up the momentum we think he may have another post-local elections reshuffle but he wants to do that from a place of strength this time rather than get back into, into that cycle But I, But I think Katie... Yeah. The risk that the Tories face is that they get a full sense of security, right? So much of what we have just said is, okay, there might be a few hundred of of Tory losses, but probably no more than that. They might lose just about double-digit control of councils, but maybe not, not, not much more than that. The headlines might look quite good, but that might still be utterly consistent with a 15-point Labour lead in the national opinion polls. So, uh, you know, that will help Rishi Sunak politically within his party, but it may well mean it gives the Conservatives a false sense of security, unless, of course, they do eventually look actually at votes one as opposed to the story in terms of seats and then realise that perhaps, who knows, that they are in fact still in pretty much the same kind of pickle as they were in 2019, but in contrast, the Labour Party are now in a much better position than they were four years ago. And that might, in the end, be the crucial message uh, that they need to uh, consider, contemplate and decide what they're going to do about. 
Thank you, John. Thank you, Katie. And thanks for listening. To celebrate the coronation of King Charles III, you can subscribe to The Spectator and get the next 10 weeks for the price of one. Not only that, but we'll also send you a commemorative Spectator mug absolutely free. To claim this very special offer, go to www.spectator.co.uk forward slash crown.